Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 212. Today's episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast is brought to you by the Positive Productivity Pod, created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success without burnout. The pod offers weekly group coaching sessions, online courses, a private member community, and tons more. To learn more about the pod and to sign up, visit PositiveProductivityPod.com. See you on the inside. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy to have you here, and I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest today, Ruth Ullman. Ruth is the owner of My Elder Care Journey, and as you know on the Positive Productivity Podcast, life is not all about perfection, and while I've already had one awesome podcast chat with Ruth, tech glitches happen, so I'm thrilled to be having another conversation with Ruth here with you today. Ruth, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kim. You are so welcome. Ruth, can you share your background with the listeners and share more about what you do today? Sure. Um, I help small businesses realign so that that business can thrive while the owners spend 20 hours a week caring for aging parents. And you'll wonder why I picked 20 hours a week. And it's because studies have shown that when you start caring for average, for aging parents, the average is 20 hours a week. How I got here, I started doing business consulting many years ago for large corporations. So I was an internal business consultant, an organizational consultant, an executive coach. So I did that for a long time, got a call from my parents saying, we really need help moved back to the Midwest from California and started my own consulting company and executive search firm. And that went really well for probably 12 years. It grew probably 30% a year with no advertising. So the, so we were, must have been doing really good work and we got plenty of referrals. My parents got more sick. They needed more help. And I thought I could manage because I had solved so many other problems in business, both domestic and international, I thought I had the skills to resolve any problem. But what I didn't know then is that things happen quickly, that the emotions involved in taking care of aging parents and how quickly things happen, it really makes that decision-making much more difficult. And I have since learned that when you are under stress, your, all your energy, your blood flows to your arms and legs because you are in fight or flight. And what you really need is to have as much blood in your brain because you have to make difficult decisions and that's where you don't have it. So when I look back at some of the decisions I made with them, I wondered what on earth was I thinking? And clearly the stress had made it impossible to think clearly. So when I say you won't make your best decisions when you're unprepared and under stress. I know what I'm talking about. 
So once my parents had passed away, I knew that I wasn't the only one going through this. Many of my friends were going through it as well. And I started doing some research. And I found that there are 10 million adult children over the age of 50 that are caring for aging parents. That anyone who has a small business like I have and is still working in that business and providing service or is a sales engine and you step away for 20 hours a week, if you don't have anyone else doing that, your business comes to a screeching halt. And that was my fatal flaw. And that's what I'm helping people avoid in the future. Ruth, I'm not 40 yet, but my mom's going to be 70 in just a couple of weeks. And she's already had, I believe, two strokes. So I can't even, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's hard enough handling one kid when they get sick for a day. So I can't even imagine how it would upturn. What's the word I'm looking for? That's that's the only one that came to my head right then. But if I had yeah. to up and go to New York to take care of my mom or bring her back here. And I mean, my, my parents are, are divorced, but even my father, he had a heart attack, let me think, 16 years ago. And yeah. It's it, regardless of, I think that even millennials and 30 year olds and 40 year olds, you know, we all have to be thinking about this already. I agree. The study that I cited was from AARP and AARP's membership starts at age 50. So they don't, they didn't take into account that many people in their forties and some in their late thirties are involved in caring for aging parents. It started for me in my 40s, too. Yeah, I had my first when I was 23. So he'll be a little bit older. But my twins weren't born until I was, let me think, 36, 35. So, I mean, they're they're still going to be pretty young when I'm getting up there. Hopefully, you know, they won't. We all pray for easy death. I hate to say it like that. Like I, I know. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all pray for, for it to be quick and painless and easy. Yeah. So, what could you share with the listeners how you are helping people through your business? So there are two two parts. One is with small businesses, you really need to set yourself up so that you are the leader of your business, that you are not working in it, that you are. You are working on it, that somebody else is providing the services, is um, bringing in the revenue, that you are putting out your vision, sharing that with the people that work for you, and they do the work for you. And that will give you some time to take care of your parents and have a life and still be able to keep your business going. The other portion is how to navigate elder care. That is a system that at this point is very siloed. So there is a portion of you get some legal advice, you get some financial advice, you, and then nobody gives you advice on how to take care of yourself. <laughs> but then there's um, some advice you'll get about 
home care. There's advice you'll get about assisted living and nursing home. But no one ties it all together. And they are tied together. Everything is what the legal team does for you will affect how you can get the money so that you can make decisions and pay bills for your, your loved ones when they can't. It'll help you. You need that information to make decisions for home care and assisted living. It all ties together, but nobody does that. So I spent four years interviewing all the people that support elder care to understand their business, to understand what we do when we enter into that elder care system, what we do wrong, what we should ask. And I was pleasantly surprised that all the people I talked to were really candid. They gave me information that blew my mind. And none of them charged me for the consultation. And some of these attorneys I talked to, some were making $300 an hour, some were making $900 an hour. And I asked them why they would spend an hour to an hour and a half with me. And they said, because nobody ties us together. And nobody's doing that piece that helps people navigate through all the different sections. So I was really grateful. I wasn't sure how I was going to pay for all those interviews, but I was really grateful for the information and particularly for their candor. Ruth, is there a study on how much is costing the children financially over the course of the elder care journey? Yes, there is. Actually, it's done by MetLife. It is for the average male or female caregiver aged 50 plus. It is $303,880 in lost wages. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine that. And that's, that's the average. I can tell you it cost me more because I lost my business. Right. And it was for a pretty long period of time. What people don't understand is that because of the way we have the healthcare system, it can extend our lives for a very long time. But we also need a whole lot more help because we're not at 100% anymore. So caregiving can last 10 to 20 plus years. And if you're doing that for 20 hours a week on average, and that gets to be more than 20 as they get, as their situations decline, that's a long time to be shooting from the hip. Absolutely. I mean, I, my goal is not even to be working in my business 20 hours a week, but that's because I want to have the system set up so I don't need to be right. right. Yeah. But this is going to sound horrible. Please don't think poorly of me listeners or Ruth, but I don't want to be taking care of my parents for 20 hours a week either. Like I want to, I, I understand that, but there's a, I feel so bad having just said that. No, it's well, I couldn't do the hands-on caregiving, you know, the toileting, the dressing, that kind of thing. That just what I, I would lose. I would have lost my mind. So I hired home care to do that, but there's a whole other piece taking care of the finances, taking care of the legal issues, taking being their um, healthcare advocate, running around to pharmacies, physical therapy, all that kind of thing. You really need to have somebody in your family do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be you, but somebody in the family needs, needs to be the healthcare advocate 
You don't want to give a stranger the financial responsibilities or the legal. So this is, these are things that I, I did all of that. <laughs> and that yep. was, it wasn't possible to do most of those things on the weekends or evenings. Right. One of my former clients, she lives outside of Boston and her mother lives a couple hours away and she'll get a call when her mother has a health issue. So she'll have to drive the couple hours to the assisted living facility. And there, she's a dear friend now. She's not a, still a client, but she'll spend a, a day, a good day or two running around to doctor's appointments. And then the pharmacy is on the other side of town. I live in Ohio. So the pharmacy is three minutes away and I might have to wait 10 minutes for medication. But I remember the days of living outside of New York City where it took a half an hour to drive the quarter mile to the grocery. So you could easily just, I, I can't even, yeah, the, there's a lot of time there. And if you don't have your system set up on the back end, there goes a whole day of work or two or three yeah, you know, or four in this case, you know. Um, well, and as your parents get older, it's not just one doctor. They have all the specialists. You know, primary care doctor. Yeah, all those specialists. So in a day, for me, it was a 45-minute drive to get to my parents' house. Then uh, uh, I had to make sure that they were ready to go. So that took another half an hour. And then it was a 15-minute drive to 15 minutes to half an hour drive to the doctor. Then you sit there for a while. You get your 15-minute appointment. And then it's either an x-ray or it's always a prescription pickup. And that, so it was easily a half a day for one doctor. Um, I mean, just one day with a sick kid is painful enough because the doctor's appointment, there, it's a rare occasion when you schedule a doctor's appointment and you get right in when you're supposed to. Yeah. But I want to jump back to what you are helping with people. Let me, wow, that was a Willy Wonka. What you are helping people with now, since we talked last and- I want to thank you for this. I've actually been setting up systems in my own business to make sure that I'm covered. Oh, good. I've got it. I've <laughs> been building my team and I've actually been positioning myself as more of a strategist with an implementation team on the back end. So yeah, and it, it feels great. That's and then building out a membership program where all the content is online minus 90 minute call weekly with the whole group. So yeah. Yeah, it, it feels so great to know that, okay, in full disclosure, none of this is actively working yet, but I, I feel so good knowing that when it does start going and flowing and bringing in revenue, that I've got more coverage there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what small businesses need. They, you need to have some good systems in place. You need to have some people in place that you can say, I'm going to be gone for a week, a couple of weeks, I'll check in and that, that, that everything keeps working. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I shared this in our first discussion. I don't know that I ever shared it on the Positive Productivity Podcast, but in August of 2015, my family and I took a week-long trip to go visit my family in Western New York and it felt like all hell broke loose with the business because the systems just weren't set up properly. And I'm not saying that this is what would happen 
and if this is what would happen with your clients and those clients need to be fired. But one of my clients actually sent me a, um, suicide threat via text message. If I did not work while I was on vacation. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't work with that type anymore, <laughs> but what was I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, I was trying to take a vacation, n- not even to mention, you know, what if I was there trying to take care of my parents? Yeah. And it just was not a good spot to be in. No, it's not. It's, and, and I hear people say they work 60, 70 hours a week. And it's like, you cannot do any strategic thinking if you're working that much. No, absolutely not. So you're, you're doing, you're doing a lot of busy work, but are you bringing in revenue to equate to that much, that many hours you've got? And it's unhealthy. If you do this for a long period of time, you're going to make yourself sick. And if you're sick, then you can't take care of your parents and everybody suffers for that. Well, coincidentally, the last episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast with Paula Brown, episode 210. Listeners, you can go to the kimsutton.com forward slash PP210. Paula actually had a aneurysm in her stomach caused by too much stress. Oh boy. And she actually died. And but she came oh, back. Oh my god. You know, they were able to resuscitate her. But um very interesting conversation. Wow. But she realized right then this is not something that she can be doing to herself. She cannot be putting herself under that much stress and neither can any of us. Yeah, that's so... Oh, absolutely. So what are the first things that you look at with your clients and are there, what type of systems do you help them set up straight from the get-go? I start first with a personal decision. So defining the role that you will play when you're helping your aging parents. So can you do 20 hours a week? And if not, what can you do? And I say, be conservative because you'll do more than what you say. And then we start from there. Then we do a business consultation where where I and the client look at their business together. We identify what they love to do and where they struggle and what they would like to see in the future. So it's their chance to dream. I also have them have a family discussion so they understand what their parents and their loved ones want as they age. And knowing that makes it easier for you to make the best decisions for them when they're unable. So this is their time with their family to make some agreements and set some boundaries. Then we take that information and we do a collaborative business alignment. So together we'll incorporate their personal decision, how much time they have and the role that they will play, what what they dream that their business could be and what they learn from their family discussion. And then we realign the business so that it meets those needs this sounds like one of the cases, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. But it sounds like one of the cases, just like self-care, like um, as far as us visiting our own doctors and doing the things that we need to for ourselves physically and mentally, which is, this still is. But yes. if we don't prepare and we don't take care of ourselves in advance, or in this case, our parents, then it's just going to be so much more expensive in the long run. I actually shared recently in a post on Thrive Global how 
by not taking care of myself. I had to spend six days in the mental hospital. Oh my God. And that ended up costing me like thirty to forty thousand dollars just those six days. Yeah. Sometimes I think we go through those things as a really big learning lesson. Oh, absolutely. Plenty of content for the Positive Productivity Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so many things that, you know, if you've never been through taking care of your aging parents, you have no idea what's coming and you don't know what it's going to cost you. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit. So outside of the, the number of years you will be involved in caregiving, however you define that for yourself. And the time that you invest, the 20 hours or so, but the health impact, the stress of caregiving can cost the caregiver as much as 10 years of their life. And that was a study done by the University of California. There was also a study done by Ohio State, same health impact, only they came up with eight years. So it's going to cost you between eight and 10 years of your life from taking care of your aging loved ones because the stress is so significant if you don't have a plan. And most of us don't because we don't know this is what it's going to cost us. And we, earlier we talked about what financially, what it was going to cost you, the $303,880 in lost wages on average. But there's also another study done by MetLife and 60% of caregivers are employed and adjust their work or quit entirely. 47% of caregivers use all or most of their savings. When I, when I started doing this research, I thought, I thought about, I I knew what it already cost me, but had I known this in advance, I know my parents would have said, don't do this. We don't want you to, we don't want that to cost you this much. They, They wouldn't have wanted this for me. I didn't want it for me, but you just don't know what's coming. So I'm really hoping that people will listen, really take this in and think about how this could affect them and make some changes. Ruth, I know that your parents wouldn't have wanted it for you and you certainly didn't want it for you. But do you think it was supposed to happen just so you could be where you are today educating people? I think of that often. And I went to business school and everything I know about business says, don't start a business where you are, where the people that you're helping are not yet in pain because they won't change until they're in pain. And I am doing just that, the opposite of what I have learned in business to do. So it is a hard sell because thinking about your parents aging, seeing them decline and and die, we all know that's coming, but we don't want to think about it. So we don't want to prepare for it. And we just, even when you go and visit, your parents will be on their best behavior because they're so happy to see you. They don't want to burden you with all the things they struggle with because they want to have the best time they can with the limited time that that you, you have together. So you don't want to see it. They're trying to hide it. And that it's a difficult thing to step back and say, I'm going to take a really good look around and we're going to have a really candid conversation about what's happening here. I'm just thinking about a situation when I was going through high school, there was a, my high school team 
and this is a little bit different from elder care. My high school soccer team, when I was a senior in high school, went to the state tournament and there was a group of my fellow uh, classmates who, I don't know if they ditched school, let's just say for this purpose that they did, but they ditched school and went to the game and unfortunately they got into a horrible car accident on the way there. And one of the girls ended up being be, becoming severely brain damaged. Oh boy! So I know for the in the case of her mother, it changed her mother's career. Yeah, I bet. I know this is a positive productivity podcast, but we don't know where any day is going to take us. While we have to be prepared, while we can be prepared, because it's going to happen, most likely that we need to take care of our aging parents. Our life can change in the blink of an eye, and suddenly we have to take care of a spouse or a significant other or a child of ours in a way that we never saw coming. So what you're teaching people isn't just valid for taking care of parents, but to me, it should be taught to every person for protecting their business and their livelihood from the point of the beginning of the business. I agree. I wish I wish I had known what I'm teaching people now before this happened to me. This is uh, many of the, the solutions that I have were things that I was looking for. And you are overwhelmed with information when you look on the internet. Much information is there, but it's usually associated with selling a product. So it's selling financial services, it's selling legal services, it's selling home care. And they're not putting things together so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Uh, I've had clients tell me they were told they couldn't afford home care, they could only afford assisted living. And, uh, and my question was, how, how did they know? And they said they couldn't have known. They didn't know what our finances was. I said, oh, I see. They were selling assisted living services. So that's why you couldn't afford anything else. So it's like, how can, I don't know how people do this in good content, but it's like, that's just awful advice. No, not at all. And it, it just turns my stomach to think that, you know, you would be pushed into a solution that really wasn't the right one. and you. You don't have enough information and you don't know the right questions to ask. So that's the program that I put together to how to navigate elder care. One is six weeks long. It takes you through everything from financial to funeral and all the steps in between. And it doesn't give you a solution. It gives you the questions to ask, the understanding of how that industry works so that you can make the best decision for yourself and your family. All of, all of our families are different. We want something different. So it isn't a one-size-fit-all. The other, the other courses, they are called focus courses. They are, if you need to go to home care, these are all the questions and all the industry information you need to know so that you can, you can learn this in, I think it's a half an hour to 45 minutes, and you're prepared. So if you're talking to a lot of home care owners and most home care is their franchises. So the skill of, and your experience will be based on how that, that particular owner 
manages his business. So you know, so they're all selling their business. So you want you the information you want from each of them is 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 this the best solution for you? Can you work with these people? How will they make decisions? How will they respond when things don't work? There are all kinds of odd things that happen in home care. For my parents, it was they didn't like people that talk too much. But you don't know that until you've had a few through that talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> they really didn't like people who couldn't cook from scratch. And most people, they cook from boxes and cans. So my mom would teach them, here's how we cook. And some could do that and others couldn't. So we could weed out people. But there are things you just don't know until you have home care in the house and you see how your parents respond with, it's it's odd having a stranger in the house. And then, you know, there's so many things you don't know about assisted living. Many people think it's a great place. Now all I have to do is visit. And that's not true. You're still doing you're still managing the finances. You're still doing the legal things. You still may take them to the doctor. So there's a lot of things that are still on your plate when they go to assisted living. You don't have to take care of another a second home or another yard. <laughs> so that's helpful. But there are, there are things we just don't think about. The biggest mistake that people people make when they look at assisted living or a nursing home is that they only look at one. You should look at at least three, and you should start with a checklist of what's important to you and make phone calls to about six to 12 so that you know which ones meet your criteria before you go visit the facility. And then you should see that facility in the morning, on a holiday, and in the evening to see how and go unannounced so that you have an idea of what actually goes on there. There's lots more to learn about that, but uh, (laughs) those are the highlights. It sounds a little bit like interviewing a daycare. Yes. Yeah. Which I wish, quite honestly, I had looked at more before we put our kids in. Yeah, that's... You know, and and had spot checked it numerous yeah. times during the day. Yeah, think about yeah. how frightening it is to put your children in a place where, you know, you've only met people for an hour. Right. And and that's what you're doing with your right. parents because they too are, they're very trusting of the people that they that are working with them. They're so grateful for the help that they don't see or won't tell you about things that really are hinky. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a blind date too. Yeah. You really have to get a few more dates in to start seeing yeah. the true colors of a person. Yeah. yeah. I know your parents have passed Ruth, but suppose there was a natural disaster in your area. Is your business set up in a way now that you could sustain for a few weeks or a few months if you had to? Yes. Everything is in the cloud. <laughs> so I can work from anywhere and and keep going. I also have everything. I used to have WordPress for my, my website and an email service and then business software, and they were all separate. Now they're all together in one. 
It's called kajabi.com. I have my online online courses there. They um, they do the email service. They do the client management. Uh, they've recently added the ability to do a summit. I'm pretty excited about that. They keep improving that product that I don't need all those other things. I have a survey on my site now. Uh, I'm sorry. I have a quiz on my site now that kind of helps people learn a little bit about what what they don't know about caring for aging parents. Kajabi is going to be doing quizzes soon. So I won't need to have another company do that. I look every six months at how I can automate something, how I can make something simpler, how I can reduce my overhead. That's awesome. I think we all need to do that more. Yeah. I learned that that portion when I was working for a high-tech company in California. They made us look every six months on how to automate our processes so that we could take on more interesting work. And that became a habit. Most of my podcasting process is pretty automated, except for the graphics. And then there's user error or tech error occasionally. But minus that, I mean, from the scheduling all the way through the notifications, if if the host and team are working properly, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty automated and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it is. And even, even from this side as... You know, it's nice to know that I'll get reminders from you and it just comes. Right. Yeah. Actually, you've just given me a little kick in the butt to see what else I can do. Thank you. <laughs> sure. And I, I'm i not going to be like, happy birthday, mom. Let's talk about your plans. But yeah, we got to talk about those plans. Yeah. Um, I do have a question about that, that though. Do you recommend talking to your siblings before you talk to your parents? That depends. Will If you talk to your parents without your siblings, will they think you're going behind their back? Well, the same could be the other way around, right? Yes. So I think it's, with me, I talk to my mom every day. It was every day at lunchtime, we talked about something. And I'd get tidbits or answers to questions I had without it being, let's sit down and talk about this. So that's how we did it. So I knew what she wanted. With my dad, he would not speak about it at all. That was just, in his mind, none of my business. (laughs) You'll figure it out. (laughs) That was always great. (laughs) Right. But fortunately, he told my mother and she told me. So my sister and I, we worked together, but we never really talked about what my parents wanted. And that was probably another mistake. Although she really didn't want to talk about it. But it's it's got to happen one way or another. So make it, make it the better way, right? Yeah. 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 So it is better if you can, a friend of mine did this and this worked exceedingly well for her and it works well for many of my clients that once you figure out what you can do and you understand what your parents want and you talk to your siblings and have them make the same same decision for themselves how much can they give and if these are the types of things your parents need 
who's going to do what. So if you're distant or you have other siblings that are distant, what can they do? Maybe they're really good in finances or um, they're really good doing legal work. Then that should be what they do because a lot of that can be done remotely. The people that are close, they should do things like be patient advocate. And if there's someone with healthcare experience in your family, that's the person to choose to do that. Even if they're remote and they are the person you go to to ask for information and somebody else takes them to the doctor, that's still a pretty good working situation. That's a great idea. I would have never thought about that. Thank you for sharing. I, sure. Then I, that team changes. As things change with your parents, some of those, you have to be flexible because things will change. And the person who's the, the, the healthcare advocate may not be able to take them to all the doctor's appointments. So you need a backup. But whatever you do, have a plan B. Because plan A may work for a month, six months, a year, but it won't last for forever. Right. On that note, I would also ask if you do do assisted living, speaking from my own family experience, ask the facility what their plan B is. Yes. My grandmother, um, my father had two, has two siblings and my grandmother stopped eating and drinking. She had Alzheimer's. She was really far in. And the assisted living facility said they called and left numerous messages. However, none of them received any calls or messages. Oh, boy. So they found out off of a visit, I believe is what I remember. It was almost 10 years ago. One of them visited grandma at the facility and found out she hadn't eaten or drank anything in four days. Oh, wow. So they called for a family meeting, which was within a day or two of that. And we're just trying to get some answers and find out what they could do. And unfortunately, grandma passed during that yeah. meeting. But there should always, on both sides, we need to know what the plan B is for the yeah. caretaker. Yeah. Well, and the caretaker. Yeah. Depending on where you go. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of things we don't know about aging. Um, your grandmother probably wasn't. You, you probably think she was in pain, she was starving, or, and probably none of that was true. As you age, you naturally, your need for food gets to be less and less. And in those final days, you will stop eating because it is uncomfortable. You don't digest anymore. Mm-hmm. So I will often hear People say, my loved one isn't eating and we're, you know, finding a thousand ways to get them to eat. And while I understand that, I know what's on the other side and they're, they're not in pain. Uh, I've talked to doctors to find out, you know, what goes on there are, if we're forcing people to feed, how does that feel for them? And and they've all said it is uncomfortable. You are, their body is not set up to digest like it used to. And as my father was getting older, there are many things he stopped eating. He couldn't digest meat. He, he couldn't digest bread. So there was a, less and less food that we could make for him. But I didn't realize that digestion 
really slows down as you age and especially when you're getting close to death. Yeah. Well, um, for our family, they just wanted to know, but sure. not, I, I don't mean this to come out the wrong way, but in grandma's case, it was actually sort of beautiful because our uh, grandpa had passed just a couple months earlier and she had been in the assisted living for a good 10 years, I think. And she hadn't been able to speak in several years. And she was always a talker before this, always a talker. So in our, in our own piece, we felt that grandma knew that grandpa had passed She probably and it was time for her to go home so she could talk his ear off. You'll (laughs) be surprised how many people, especially of that generation will go within a short period of time of each other. Like the notebook. Yeah, it is. It is interesting that they seem to know the other one has passed and they want to go too. My mm-hmm. my parents died within 10 months of each other. My mother went first. My dad followed 10 months later. And we, the doctors told us he probably wouldn't last very long because of that generation and the generation before, the women always took care of the men. And once the women died, the men didn't know what to do. Now, the generation of men for your generation and mine, they are, they are more independent. So things are different for them. I did not realize that about that generation. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know either. I, I, I resisted watching the notebook forever because everybody said how great of a movie it was. And I didn't want to agree because that's how stubborn I am sometimes. But <laughs> now that I've watched it, oh, I feel rotten because I gave a spoiler, but I, anyway, now that I've already spoiled it, I told my husband that's what I want to happen to us. So it was a sweet yeah. movie. Ruth, this has been incredibly enlightening. And I know it's not the most positive, but it certainly is a very productive topic to talk about. So I appreciate that so, so much. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners just have a lot more insight about what they should be doing now. Where can they get in touch with you, find out more, and just learn more? Okay. My website is www.myeldercarejourney.com. And I have a special download for your audience. It's called The Five Phases of Elder Care. It's a one-page infographic, and and you can use it as a checklist. You can find it, and I try to make this short at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash Kim Sutton one. Fabulous. Listeners, that link as well as Ruth's website link will be on the show notes page at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP212. Thank you so much again, Ruth. Do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? It's a balancing act, not just for creating a business that will thrive without you, but to navigate elder care and take care of your parents. But to put a positive spin on everything, if you prepare these things a little bit in advance, it doesn't have to be a horrible experience. You get to spend more time doing the things you love and spending time with your family in a more positive way with less stress. While I can't take away the emotion 
that you will go through. I can help you understand the industries you'll work with and help you prepare your business so that both sections of your life there will be better and easier. Thank you.